Welcome to Spirits Podcast, a boozy dive into mythology, legends, and folklore. Every week we pour a drink and learn about a new story from around the world. I'm Amanda. And I'm Julia. And this is episode 187, Your Urban Legends, number 36. So many of them, Amanda. I can't believe we've done that many. I think and hope that that will be like a new peak age for me. Here in your 30s, you stop giving a shit what other people think. Mm-hmm. That sounds great. Mm-hmm. Uh, really come into like your fashion and your hair choices. I don't know. Maybe I'll have like a garden at that point. That's kind of what I'm gunning for. I, I appreciate that. You know, look forward to the future. Let's see what life unfurls for you. Absolutely. And I know that uh, life has nothing but wonderful gardens and beautiful wallpaper for our new patron, Garrett, who joins the ranks of the 300 plus patrons who make it possible for this to be our jobs, including our distinguished supporting producer level patrons, Megan Moon, Keegan, Landon, Baz, Mr. Folk, Jen, Hannah, Alicia, Sarah, Nikki, Megan, Deborah, Molly, Skyla, Samantha, Neil, Jessica, and Phil Fresh. They all have gardens in their hearts, but mostly it is summertime. So it's a lot of like berry season and fruit and you're picking strawberries off of the the branch and just eating them. Love it. And uh, our legend level patrons always know what to do with the like pounds and pounds of greens that come in your uh, CSA or farm boxes for the first few weeks of summer. Donald, Eden, Drew, Avonlea, Chelsea, Clara, Francis, Josie, Morgan, BMF, Scotty, Audra, Chris, Mark, Sarah, and Jack Marie. Please help me deal with all these mustard greens. You got to gotta make some gazpacho or something, Amanda. It's gazpacho time. That's true. Time. That's true. I, I have done some fun things with uh, with the kale and escarole, and it's just it's going to be great. Nice, nice. Also very good. Uh, just time to make smoothies, I guess. Do you have a good blender? We do. Yeah. The, the Nutribullet really comes through. This is nice. uh, not SponCon, but I was like, how could an infomercial product be this good? It's quite good. It is. It is. There's a reason it's around so much. And it's a household name, you know? And Julia, in our households, uh, there's no better name than local craft breweries. Can you remind us what we were drinking this episode? Yeah, as always, we drink local beers. I want you to stick around until after the refill, though, to see which ones we were enjoying, because I think our choices were chef's kiss. I agree. And your taste is always chef's kiss to me, Jules. What have you been reading or watching or listening to this week? I have picked up A Song Below Water by Bethany C. Morrow, which is like a modern fantasy about black mermaids, but it's also a story of self-discovery and combating racism and sexism. It's very, very good. Sounds fantastic. I'm going to add it to my library list. You should. It's great. And after everybody buys that book from a Black-owned bookstore, I recommend that you check out next week's Myth Movie Night flick so that you can watch along with us. Yeah, it is summertime, so obviously you're thinking about summer camps, and then lakes, and then obviously the best and most infamous lake of horror movies. That's right, we're watching the original 1980 Friday the 13th, and we're going to talk about how horror movies have kind of created a new breed of urban legend and the folktale boogeyman that has come out of Hollywood. I um, am going to be away from my first vacation in a long time next week uh, by a lake. So I am looking forward to having that in my brain the whole time. Don't be a mean camp counselor and you'll be fine. All right, I can do that. I've also been having a lot of people ask me for cocktail recommendations on Twitter and on Facebook, and I love giving those out. But I also wanted to remind y'all that if you sign up at our $4 level on Patreon, we have almost 200 cocktail recipes for every episode that we've put out that are available to you as soon as you pledge. And there's just as many mocktail recipes on there too. So if you're just like taking a break from alcohol or if it's not your thing, we have recipes for you as well. You don't have to drink in order to have a good time. We have made like a full coffee table book at this point of custom recipes and mocktails for you every, 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 every episode. They're very good too. I I try almost all of them and I'm very happy with the results absolutely delicious. And that's at patreon.com slash spirits podcast. And finally, we want to remind you that another great way to support spirits and all the shows at Multitude is by buying our merch, whether you get it as a gift or for yourself. It's a really nice way to get something tangible as a reminder of your podcast support and to help us make a living doing this. And we have a bunch of awesome new merch out. Horse has a wallpaper bundle. Spirits has a new pin set and digital coloring book and those amazing haunted national park posters. Join the Party has a guide to reskinning in D&D for superhero games, which is so exciting. And Potterless has some freshly restocked favorite pins and shirts. And I know there are new things coming. So you can check out all of those items and more at multitude.productions slash merch. 
Yeah, if you like any of our shows, Rocking Our Merch is a great way to support us and have people be like, hey, what's that from? Why do you have a, a fish that says not Ludo Bagman on it? Yeah, why Why does your shirt say kind of creepy, kind of cool? Because that sounds amazing and I want to be your friend. What's, uh, what's up, nerds? It's basketball. Welcome to horse. Wow, your lock screen is so pretty. Tell me about it. It's so good. Well, thank you for all of the ways you support our show. And I know that each and every one of you do in your own way. We we truly support it. We love making this show for you every week. And without further ado, we hope you enjoy episode 187, Your Urban Legends, number 36. Everybody, we are recording live from the new house. Ooh, it makes it sound like we all moved into a house together. Yeah. Me and my girlfriend Kelsey have bought a house and we live in it. And Whoa. that's where I'm recording from now. So let's get a quick update from Eric Schneider in his new home. What's the ghost situation there, my dude? The ghost situation so far is uh, non-existent. Uh, from what we understand, the man who lived here before was very old. Oh, no. 96. And uh, that's all I know about the house. The house is... Uh, 112 years old, so Ooh. 1908. So, so you're marinating. We got a lot of yeah. energy there. I I'm think, saying I think there's. A I don't lot think of you potential. can say that the ghost situation is non-existent when it's that old, and the man who lived there previously might have died there. I don't know, but definitely left some energy I there. I don't know if that's the case. On the other hand, he lived a long life. But we we currently have not experienced anything. I was in the basement last night with the lights off. Mm -hmm. and uh, that makes it sound like I was down there just hanging out. But <laughs> I saw that there was a light that was off because I don't know how the, all the light switches work. A light was on, I should say. Mm -hmm. There was a light on. I went down to turn it off, and then there were no lights on, and I used my my phone flashlight to get out, and uh, I, I experienced nothing creepy there. Okay. I haven't had a weird creepiness at all. In fact, our air conditioner was not working two days ago, and I felt no cold breezes. Oh. So... <laughs> If, if anything, a haunting would have been very helpful at that point, <laughs> and I did not experience any. So, so as of right now, I feel like we're on the up and up. Okay. Uh, has any yeah. sleepwalking started or stopped? No sleepwalking has started or stopped. Uh, Henry, our pup, has... Now, this didn't start at this apartment, but recently, over the last few weeks has decided to start like uh, waking up super early and asking to go outside at like six in the morning for some reason. Don't mm. know why. So mm. that's just been annoying, but uh, not exactly uh, a spooky, a spooky pooch by okay. any means. All right. All right. Cool. 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 I'm going to close a door because there's a door that keeps banging because I don't know how the doors work in here yet. <laughs> it's the ghosts. They just want a good cross breeze. That's how you get your spooky. The chair just moved by itself also. <laughs> I would like to point that out. That was just the carryover momentum. Mm, the chair moved by itself. Well, it's once again a 112-year-old <laughs> house, so maybe not every floor is perfectly level. All right. Um, how about we start off then, I think this is a good segue, into an email that was sent to us by Josh, and they write, hide and seek gone wrong slash knock knock who's there gone wrong. Ooh. Oh, that's I don't like either of those things going wrong. <laughs> so Josh writes, howdy, folks. These stories come from a small area in central Texas. Hope you enjoy. So growing up in a little community where most of my family all lived close together, many of my cousins and I were told scary stories about the woods that surrounded the ranch, which is what we called it. Stories about La Llorona, the Chupacabra, coyotes, even prisoners escaping from a prison 40 minutes away from there. So playing hide-and-seek at night was extra scary for the 10 to 12 of us who played together. During a match where there was still light outside, two cousins came screaming out of the woods, freaking out, scaring all of us that were playing. We asked where they were and what happened. The older of the two, looking back over his shoulder, still trying to catch his breath, said something tried to grab them. They went to hide near the opening of the woods, which was always a creepy spot for me, that was cut down and the tree line curved around it, just large stumps left there, which was a perfect place to hide behind while they were looking for the tagger 
a dark figure came behind them out of the woods. The older cousin saw the dark figure out of the corner of his eye and grabbed the smaller cousin closer to him as they simultaneously jumped to their feet and backed away from it. He said he couldn't understand why he didn't hear it coming up behind with all the grass and broken branches out there, but it didn't make a sound. That was because it was floating! As they backed away and eventually turned and ran for their lives, the thing was still trying to grab my little cousin. We asked what it looked like, and basically it was described like a Dementor, a floating dark figure with no face and long, creepy arms. But none of us knew anything about Harry Potter, and back then the series was on book one. So needless to say, we ended our game and went home. But I didn't know my little cousin escaped Azkaban, and we got caught up in it during a game of hide-and-seek. Aww. It's cute. The next story happened at my uncle's house with most of the family home at the time. No one locked the doors around there, so if someone knocked, all they needed to hear was come in to open the door. Well, one day- I as- always like, I always like a, no one locked the doors around there. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. it's it just like, anytime it's like, oh, you know, around there, we didn't do things this way. Like, we just what, felt so what safe. was happening around there that like, it feels like- not otherworldly, but just different enough where it's like slightly out of time and 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 space. Well, it implies a change. Also, mm-hmm. it implies like that's how it used to be, but then the incident. Yeah, exactly. I think it's very much like a very small town, so you know all your neighbors. So if something's missing from your house, you probably know who took it. You know, true. That oh kind yeah, of thing. it's just like a like a very idyllic pastoral, you know, sort of like yeah. conjuring of childhood in a way that implies, you know, the world Life is worse changed. now. Yeah. Well, one day as they were all inside talking and watching TV, someone knocked on the door. Come in, they said, but nothing. Another knock. Come in, they said a little louder. Oh no! Still, the nothing. rare the rare situation where you're inviting the spirit into your home, and the fact that they don't come in is the creepy part. Yeah, it's bad. Curious, my uncle got up to see who was there and looked out the window, but no one was there. But it knocked again. This time, everybody was aware and checked through the window again and still no one. So my uncle locked the door and they began to pray, which I guess insulted this invisible being because the door started shaking violently like someone was trying to get in. My uncle ran to the door and pushed against it to keep whatever it was from breaking the door down while everyone was yelling en el nombre de Jesus over and over again. With all the yelling and the door rattling, it was a pretty scary scene. After what seemed like forever, the door just stopped and everyone got quiet and waited for something else to happen. But nothing happened after that day. I was told that story when I was young, and it always scared me when I would go to that house and stand at the door and knock. Because to this day, my uncle believes the devil was trying to get inside his home. What a creepy way to grow up, lol. Love the show, especially the urban legends. Keep them coming. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. (laughs) I've got a story about working with a prankster ghost and a phantom flusher. Ooh, phantom flusher. I like that. Now, I assume that in this case, the phantom flusher is a phantom that is flushing. But right. oftentimes, I feel like, especially in colleges, um, this might be different for those of you who went to more of an urban downtown school. But uh, like when we were in college, we had a phantom shitter. Oh, no. Who was just a person who would, in the middle of the night, go and shit somewhere. Um, Not in a toilet? Somewhere they weren't supposed to be? Right, yes. The uh, oh, yeah. No. Yes, oh. of course. Yes, obviously the it would not be newsworthy if someone in the <laughs> middle of the night just took a dump somewhere on campus. I was like that sounds great to have like off peak hours, bathroom to yourself, right. no time pressure. Oh yeah, we've, we've all woken up and and had to had to take a number two. No, this is more about like a, uh, someone has been leaving their dorm at 3 a.m. to poop in the middle of the quad or something. Oh man. But I assume that's not what's happening here. I thought you meant they would like take a shit in a toilet, but then just like not flush it or something like the rude no, thing to do. No, <sighs> Okay. Also disturbing. But this is much ruder. So this comes to us from Nate and he writes, howdy y'all. My name is Nate and I live in northwestern lower peninsula of Michigan, which is the most Midwest way of saying where <laughs> <Hercules>. live. <laughs> I work at a Victorian-style inn that was built in 1886 by a man named John Wesley Howard. Super haunted. haunted. Oh, for sure. 
It's got all the things that you that you need to be haunted. Victorian, the word in, and a year before 1900. <laughs> is the in spelled with an E? That's an important question. The in is, is not currently, but also he just used the word in. He hasn't named uh, the okay. in itself. So I don't, I don't know the name of it's it. It's extra haunted if they have the E. Also, oh, it's yeah. owned by someone with three names, John Wesley Howard. Oh, yep. Oh. Super haunted. Got it, got yeah. it. Super. All, all the check marks. I've been working at the inn for about six years and have a few stories to share about our resident spirit who likes to mess around with our guests and workers in playful ways. We're unsure who the spirit could be, so all the employees have taken to calling the ghost Howie after Mr. Howard. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. I've only had one experience with Howie, but plenty of guests and other co-workers have fallen victim to his antics. He is known for never outright scaring people, just causing strange things to happen and causing minor inconveniences, which is why we like to think of him as a fairly harmless prankster. That's pretty chill, Howie. Thanks. Mm-hmm. My experience with him happened after I was leaving for the night after working at the bar. It was around midnight when I was leaving the building and our only other employee was our front desk person. I went to leave through the basement of the inn because that's the exit closest to where I was parked. So I know no one else was in the basement with me because no guest could go down there and our front desk person was busy taking care of the night's paperwork. Before I got to the exit in the basement, the lights suddenly turned off and I was surrounded by darkness. Been there, literally last night. (laughs) Understandably, I was freaked out and quickly made my way out of the building. The next day I asked the front desk worker if they had turned off the lights downstairs right after I had left and they confirmed my suspicion that they had nothing to do with it. Oh no. Ooh. So I was a bit excited that I had finally had my first Howie experience. That's very much our listeners who are like, I finally got a ghost experience. Hell yeah. 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 Uh, and this is their, this is Nate's second story about Howie. Ooh. Mostly guests have experiences with Howie. Usually we know he's around when we can smell the scent of a very distinct cologne, which smells like aftershave with a hint of mint. I don't Ooh. like ghost scents. I'm not a ghost fan scents, of the ghost scents. They really, they take it to the next level, mm. man. Mm-hmm. Let, let's, let's rank real quick. <laughs> let's, we'll do this. We'll do this afterwards. We'll do this afterwards. Okay. Many guests report smelling this in the halls all around the inn as well. One of the most notable guest experiences with Howie was when a guest was woken up in the middle of the night by a toilet flush. It wasn't his toilet because the water in his toilet wasn't running, and he swore that the flush came from his room because it didn't sound muffled by any walls at all. We eventually convinced the guest it was probably just another guest's toilet. But none of us actually believed that because we knew a secret about the room he was staying in. Uh oh. <gasps> uh oh. None of the rooms in our inn are alike. They're all remodeled every once in a while. It just so happened that this guest was staying in a room that had been combined with another room, so it had one too many bathrooms. Ghost toilet! <laughs> When we did this remodel, instead of removing a bathroom, we just walled one of them. Oh up my god! And left no. the appliances, including the toilet, inside no, the room. That seems like a bad idea, just structurally, but also bad for ghosts. You're just inviting a ghost. Like, as a ghost, wouldn't you want to live somewhere with a private bathroom? Uh. <laughs> as soon as we heard that the guest was freaked out by a toilet flush, we knew it was Howie having some fun with the walled-off <laughs> toilet in the guest's room. God damn it. Good call not telling the guest that, because if a hotel told me that, I would have to leave. Yep, I would have to leave right now. Right away. Yeah. I think this is like a a business decision by Howie the Ghost too, where he mostly only bothers guests because chances are they're not going to come back and stay there again. But you don't bother the people working there because they got to work there, and you need to like you know have employees. Oh yeah, yeah. it's it's good staff bonding, you know. <laughs> like you're you're keeping the the staff all together. You are you know causing a little bit of harmless mischief for everybody's enjoyment. I I appreciate you, Howie. So let's talk about the worst sense to sense a ghost with obviously the sixth sense Mm. amanda you're raising your hand smoke (laughs) smoke isn't a sense no no oh i'm sorry i thought you were saying ranking creepiest smells i got so excited by smoke that i I didn't listen to you i was saying what 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 okay let's do that one let's do both what's the worst ghostly smell to experience first off ladies perfume i think smoke and Amanda thinks smoke. Like regular like, wood smoke, Amanda? Or like brimstone sulfur smoke? 
like uh, burning hair or plastic, like oh, the smell okay. of a house fire is, is okay. more what I'm thinking. Like an, a pleasant wood smoke, bring it to me all day long. Mm-hmm. But the sort of like a, a smell that makes me think there is physical danger imminent um, would be the scariest to me. I I mean, that would definitely be the worst one. Like just because like one, you're going to think something's on fire. But two, like if it is a ghostly smell, then that's also very, very bad. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I don't like either of those. I also feel like an old timey, I feel like you, I mean, both of you really hit on the head, like an old timey perfume or cologne also mm-hmm. is quite bad. Yes. Or like the grandma baby powder style smell. Yeah. Um, yeah. That one I feel like is bad because either there's like, I don't know, someone, my brain would immediately leap to like, oh my God, someone's like infant died and they're about to like kill the kid in the house as a result or something. I don't know. That's a jump. Listen, we've done 36 of these. There's a lot of stories. Speaking of like smells, what the worst ghostly sense is to experience, the our, since we've moved into the house, it just smells very clean and new. Mm. And it, I just have to keep reminding myself that I'm not staying at like an Airbnb. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was like, oh, yes, I live here. I'm here every day now because like it doesn't have like any of our like lived-in smell it's like it's all the standard like gray painted walls Mm -hmm. so it just feels like we're like one live laugh love poster away from (laughs) just like having to leave in like 72 hours or something does your kitchen instruct you to eat (laughs) (laughs) we when we were in tennessee there was just a uh there's just a sign that said eat in the kitchen it was like three feet high yeah extreme so let's talk about worst ghostly senses to experience amanda is on record at one point saying that she would not mind being touched by a ghost on the foot i'm sorry if you're incorrect <laughs> my friend i feel like touch is the worst one amanda is on record saying it's not the worst one i don't know if she's changed her opinion on this um okay if i had to choose between smelling a ghostly smell or feeling the brush of a ghostly hand on an appendage far away from me like my foot i think i would still go with the touch because the scent would really like i would not rest until i figured out where it came from and that to me is more like mischief almost like that is truly a way to make me uh, very confused and like fixated is like where the fuck is this coming from versus a ghostly uh brush by i'm like okay that was a ghost like okay fair enough now okay. let's let's no. let's say well, the worst the worst is is sight because then you've seen the ghost no or is that not the worst i would say okay here is my ranking yeah right right the five <laughs> touch worst worst i think sight after that okay hearing mm-hmm. um Smell. Smell. Taste. Now, see, I'm really torn on taste. I is taste like a ghost the worst or the best? Listeners, if you have a story where you have tasted a ghost, I would love yeah. to hear it. <laughs> we really Because have to I know. don't know what that would be like. I mean, I feel like that is the close. Like, sometimes we get stories where it's like persons experiencing, you know, hallucinations and there's an underlying like medical or psychological cause. And I feel like taste would be the creepiest to me in that I would wonder is there something going on, you know, like neurochemically or brain wise that is causing this? Sometimes my mouth just tastes bad and I just play that off. So I feel like if I tasted something <laughs> weird, I would just be hold like, on, hold okay. on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You play that off like you're like at a party and you're like, Ooh, my mouth tastes bad. I've got to, I got to play this off for the rest of the <laughs> night. Like, I can't let anybody know that my mouth don't taste no, good. I think it's more like mm, my mouth tastes weird. It's probably just like, I'm feeling weird adrenaline right now because of anxiety mm. or something like that. Like, I'm not going to worry about that as much as if I feel something touch my skin. You In know? other words, uh, tastes that you can't really place are a part of your everyday experience already. Yes. Yes. Okay. So that doesn't throw me off. That's why I ranked it last. I would go touch as the worst still. And then I would go, I would say taste because it would really throw me off. (laughs) Also, like just the idea of like tasting a ghost freaks me out. Then I would probably go sight, Mm -hmm. hearing, and then smelling. I wouldn't be worried about smelling a ghost. I feel like I have the same experience with smelling as you do with taste, where I Mm. often will just like conjure up a very old smell and be like, oh, yes, I remember this odd thing from the 90s that makes me remember (laughs) playing vector man on a sega genesis all right deep cut (laughs) 
I had that feeling yesterday because we moved into our apartment um, just about a year ago and I hadn't like smelled the smell of a warm room before the air conditioner got turned on. Where like I got home and that apartment was like warm from the sun and I was like, oh, this place is be back exactly to first moving in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Love that. And for me, I think, again, I'm on record. I don't think touch is so bad. So I would probably go uh, worst to me is smell because I will be haunted until I can find the source. <laughs> Second one probably sight because I I feel like I'm very susceptible to like looking in an empty space or catching something out of the corner of my eye. Like every single morning when I make tea, it reflects against my stove in a weird way. And I like turn my head so severely because I think it's like a roach or something. And that's just New York City apartment living. Um, and then, then probably taste because I'm scared. And then touch. And hearing, uh, I'll yeah. I'll do hearing last. I hear weird shit all the time. Okay, I've been scared by my chair three times since moving <laughs> in here. Like I don't know why. Like I just feel like it's. I feel like it's because it's cast against like a a, a window, so it just kind of looks like a person yeah. more than it usually does. And I'm just also looking at it from like a different angle. But I've literally been like, whoo! I was like, oh no, this literally the chair I've been sitting in for two years. <laughs> oh, bud. Well, guys, I have a a story here from Jamal about somewhat tasting. So I think it's a pretty good segue. Okay. This is titled The Old Hag and Other Similar Legends from Guyana. Mm. After hearing all the stories from your listeners, I realized I was never told any by my parents and grandparents. I guess unlike most, they didn't want to scare me. So I asked my grandma to tell me some stories from Guyana, and she told me about the old hag. The old hag dons the form of an elderly village member. The way my grandma tells it is that they are alone with no family and particularly love playing with little fat babies. Okay. The old hag will keep an eye on the family to know which house they're from. At night, they'll walk to the person's house, remove their skin at the front door, revealing a spirit called a Jumbi in Guyana and the Caribbean. The spirit will then enter the house through openings around the doors or windows, as these are wooden Guyanese houses. They're not like airtight bunkers. There might be openings. Inside the house, they'll float around trying to find the child. The spirit might make noise like a poltergeist does, but they can also just be quiet and like avoid hitting things on their way. They'll enter the child's room and suck their blood like a ghost vampire. Hmm. In the morning, the child will be noticeably thinner and paler and have little bruises on their skin from where the old hag drew blood. No baby. Every night, they must drink human blood. No matter the age or size of the human, it's just that they really like little fat babies. Well, you know fresh sweet blood like isn't that i guess typical vampire trope (laughs) so even you could be the victim of an old hag but there Mm. are ways to combat it as a preventative measure you can place chalk around your house which prevents the old hag from getting further if you find the old hag's shredded skin you can rub peppers on it which burns the old hag when it eventually puts it back on okay hold on i have a question yep (laughs) what skin are people finding so like, the old hag dons the form no, no, of no, no, no. I know, I know. Member. But like realistically, what do we think if someone's like, I found a hag skin? What is a possible real world situation? What is that? Could be snakes. Okay. Certainly. Alligator. A very big snake, probably. Alligator. Yeah, alligator. Do alligators I mean, shed? Also- That's a great question. I don't think they shed, mm. but I but you can skin them. That's true. But because who left an alligator boots. skin just lying around? That sounds valuable. Yeah. Mm. All right. I, mean, I played Red Dead Redemption too. Lots of animals are skinnable. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Fair enough. I suppose it's, I mean, that makes a lot of sense though. Like if you end up catching them in the act or if you're passing by somebody else's house and you happen to see the crumpled form of an elderly village member with no mass inside of it, uh, that would be a, a really helpful thing to do. Mm-hmm. If you find the spirit inside your house, Usually, if it makes a noise or hits into something, you can beat it with a broom. This will either kill it or remove it from your house indefinitely. Hmm. Now, I did some research on the old hike to see if it appears in other parts of the Caribbean, and it does. The Sukuyant is virtually the same thing. Wikipedia even mentions the old hike as another name of the Sukuyant. Some variations I read online have the hike not as a spirit, but a fireball that gets into your house through keyholes. And you can read more if you look up either of those uh, topics on Wikipedia. Ooh, interesting. And a second tiny myth my grandma gave was this one. The property of babies born with calls is that they can see spirits when they grow older. Mm -hmm. However, if the midwife or doctor removes this before nine days after the birth, the baby will no longer possess this ability for their lifetime. 
my grandpa claims that his friend never had his call removed until after the nine days had passed and could see spirits. If they were walking at night, he would sometimes push my grandpa out of the way of what he claims were bad spirits coming toward him. Oh, that's a long time. To me, this sounds like Jamal's grandpa's friend uh, really enjoyed pranking Jamal's grandpa, which I just think is wonderful. So, okay, so I, I did like a quick thing just because I wanted to check and I've heard of calls before. Uh, but basically, it's like the piece of the membrane, like when a baby is born that sometimes covers their head and face. And yes. it's like extremely rare, like one in 80,000 births, a child is born with a call. Um, but like, that's a long time to leave that on a baby. Nine days is a long time. It is a long time. Uh, maybe someone is waiting for a specialist. I don't know. Or like maybe they don't think it's a big deal or they want to give their child that um, that ability. Sure. But I think as long as it's not interfering with the child's breathing, it's just it's pretty harmless. It's just more yeah. like might as well take it off uh, when, yeah. when the kid is born. So but I've heard this. This is present in many cultures that calls have a special kind of meaning or, or significance um, to the child's fate. Mm hmm. Hmm. So uh, thank you, Jamal. That was really fascinating. And I hope that you do ask your grandparents more uh, and, and send us in more legends. Yes, we'd love to hear them. Now, guys, I'm very excited to share my next myth with you and to hear what you've selected. But first, let's grab a refill. Let's do it. Amanda, I have been taking a new class lately. You know me. I always want to learn new things. And I have taken a class that is just like letting me kind of go free reign with my art, which is, you know, not something I feel like I've done since high school. And that class is Drawing on Everything, Discovering Your Creative Voice by Chantel Martin. And I started that class through Skillshare. So Skillshare is here to get you inspired, to help you express yourself, to connect to a community of creatives, uh, which I totally did when I took Chantel's class. It is a great way to explore new skills, to deepen existing passions, and to get lost in creativity. So you can learn about stuff like illustration, like I am right now. You can learn stuff about design or photography or video or freelancing and just like a bunch more stuff. If you are a storyteller, there are some great classes on Skillshare for you. But this class is like so different from any other art class that I've ever taken in my entire life. I'm drawing on stuff that, you know, is not paper or canvas and stuff like that. And I just really think that it is something that I wouldn't have come across if I hadn't signed up for Skillshare. So right now you can explore your own creativity by going to Skillshare.com spirits two, where our listeners get two free months of premium membership. Again, that's two free months at Skillshare.com slash spirits too. Fabulous. I have been spending some time really trying to connect with myself. And in stressful times, I find it really helpful to be able to talk through what exactly is on my mind, even if it feels silly or frivolous or extreme. Like, I know this won't happen, but it's still taking up so much of my thoughts and I'm waking up, you know, and just ruminating over stuff. It is so helpful to be able to talk to my therapist about it. And I connect with her via BetterHelp. That is an online secure counseling service where you can start communicating with a counselor in under 48 hours. It is neither a crisis line nor self-help, but instead it's professional counseling just done online. It's also more affordable and more flexible than traditional offline counseling. For example, if you need to switch counselors for whatever reason, BetterHelp makes that really easy and free. And in fact, there are now over a million people taking charge of their mental health with BetterHelp. They're even recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states, which I I think is a pretty fantastic uh, sign as to how helpful not just me, but a million other people find it. Yeah, absolutely. You can log into your account whenever and send a message to your counselor and you'll get timely and thoughtful responses. We started doing voice memos, my, my counselor and I. Oh. So it's a good way to kind of stay connected and get out a lot of thoughts without feeling like that terror of just a blinking like message uh, uh, cursor um, in addition to phone and video calls. So having that mix is just a super useful and flexible way to make sure that whatever you need, whether that's texting when you're on the go or sending a quick voice memo when you have a moment alone or doing that standing appointment you will get the support that you need. So you can go to betterhelp.com slash spirits to get 10% off your first month of counseling. That's betterhelp.com slash spirits. Amanda, I miss being in the office, but it's been really, really easy and simple for us to do our work 
from telecommuting and, you know, with our team kind of separated in different places. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that we started using Miro. Yeah, one of the best parts of being together in the office is being able to just have a brainstorm session and whiteboard stuff out for someone to come in with an idea and then to let everybody's thoughts and feedback turn that into something that's like bigger and better than you could have imagined going in with our literal whiteboard. But without that, it is really, really helpful to know that we can use Miro whether you are telecommuting or remote working or have a team that's always been distributed or even want to get together with like your D&D group or your fellow podcast co-hosts and just go over stuff, have ideas, do brainstorms and have a tool to do whatever you have to do with everybody looking at it and able to contribute at the same time. Yeah. So Miro is an online whiteboard that brings teams together anytime, anywhere. They're Infinite Canvas is perfect for brainstorming, for making mock-ups, organizing files, managing complex projects, and they have templates that make it really easy for you to get started. So you can add your docs, you can add your spreadsheets, sticky notes, and other important information directly into Miro so that you have a single real-time collaboration hub. It is so helpful, and it integrates with programs you probably already use, like Google Drive, Dropbox, Slack, and more. You can even video chat with coworkers over Miro so you don't have like 14 tabs open as you try to juggle a video chat in one with your whiteboard in the other. Yeah, and they have over 5 million users worldwide who trust them to help their teams work more efficiently. And it's everything you need to start working better together. So you can sign up for a free account at Miro.com slash spirits. That's M-I-R-O dot com slash spirits for a free account with unlimited team members. Miro.com slash spirits. And now let's get back to the show. Well, welcome back, everybody. It's uh, nice and warm here. And mm. I don't remember if I mentioned in the first half, but uh, for a few days, our air conditioner wasn't working at the new house. Whew. So uh, it was very uh, important to have a nice crisp beer to kind of cool down at the end of the night. Mm. So we had some local uh, market garden brewery shandy. It nice. is unbelievably good. It's the best shandy that I've ever had. I'm not a huge shandy person, but this is so lemony and tasty that uh, if you can find it in your area, I highly recommend it. It comes in a nice bright yellow can. It says Shandy on it. Hard to miss if you can find it. <laughs> nice. Delish. We've been uh, improving in my house our habitual beer mosa using Sequench uh, from Dr. Shed, which is uh, incredible. With um, Instead of doing half beer, half orange juice, we're doing half beer, quarter orange juice, quarter grapefruit juice. Ooh. And it's just a little zesty uh, addition. It's great. Amanda, did you know that Dogfish Head is now making a beer mosa beer? No. I what? saw it. I, I meant to take a picture, but we were running out of the store when I spotted it. But I, I it looks great, and I'm going to have to try it next time. But while I was at the beer store last time, we picked up a Margarita Goza from Cigar City Brewing. And oof, it's just like I'm trying to cut back on my like straight alcohol intake. So having like a beer that can replace my lovely margaritas is extremely nice. And it's got like it's like a weird like German style version of a margarita is how I describe it. But they make it with orange, lime and salt. And it's mm, chef's kiss. Beautiful. And I've been enjoying a very uh, gay can of a beer called Gender Neutral from Threes Brewing, uh, which is on the same block as the Multitudio. Mm -hmm. um, and they are giving 10% of proceeds to the Anti-Violence Project, which is a great uh, New York City organization that works with HIV-affected communities and the queer community. Oh, hell yeah. I've got the time Goatman tried to kill my dad, and I have badass bosses, ghost husbands, and a McDonald's play place. Wow. Uh, conspirators, you've really been coming through on these subject lines. These are so <laughs> Unbelievable. good. Who would you prefer? I have to know about the play place. I'm sorry. Uh, so we'll save the uh, goat man trying to murder someone's dad for our Patreon episode. Hey, at our $4 tier, you can get a whole nother urban legend episode every dang month. It's it's damn good. I do say so myself. We do save some bangers for the Patreon only episodes. We're a little looser. We're on to our second beer. It's it's a good time every month. That's at patreon.com slash spirits podcast. So this was sent in by Joanna. Again, this is Badass Bosses, Ghost Husbands, and a McDonald's Play Place. And she writes, Hello, spiriters, longtime listener, first time writer. Before we begin, I should properly disclaim that I believe in the supernatural the same way I believe in organized religion, which is to say I don't, but you know your girl says a prayer to St. Anthony every time something important goes missing. Like many people, I've had a couple of personal experiences that I can't fully explain. 
However, these aren't especially creepy, and I have a tendency to favor rational scientific explanations for my own stuff because it makes me feel better. It is much easier for me to relate to other people's ghost stories. That's why today, with permission, I want to share an experience that happened to a family close to me whose judgment and honesty I respect immensely. My boss got married young, just after graduating college. She and her husband moved down south, started a business, and built a life together. Things were great for a couple of years until tragedy struck. While out on a run one day, her husband suffered a cardiac event and died suddenly. My boss was understandably devastated, but being a badass biddy, she buckled down and continued the business they'd started on her own. Fast forward several years, my boss remarried, and together she and her new husband had a daughter. The spookiness started when her daughter was around four years old. While at work one day, my boss got a call from their babysitter. She told my boss not to worry, but went on to explain that there had been an incident at the local McDonald's play place. Evidently, the babysitter had taken my boss's daughter to McDonald's for lunch and thought nothing of it when the little girl wanted to go climb around in the play area. She was keeping an eye on her when a dad walked in with his two little boys. All of a sudden, my boss's daughter went rigid. She started sobbing and shaking uncontrollably, pointing at this poor, bewildered dad and saying, the man, the man, over and over. The babysitter tried to calm her down, but she was inconsolable. So eventually they left McDonald's after apologizing to the dad and went home. Can I guess what's Mm going to happen? Mm -hmm. Okay. Is this man the twin brother or brother of the uh, boss's deceased first husband? We'll have to see. Oh, no. My boss was confused and a little worried about this event, but when she got home, her daughter seemed perfectly fine, so she chalked it up to kids are weird and moved on. Then a couple of weeks later, my boss brought her daughter back to the McDonald's play place. Her daughter was having a great time until once again, a dad with two little boys walked in. Instantly, she wailed, the man, and started shaking and crying. That's when my boss noticed that the dad looked remarkably similar to her deceased husband. Oh. Scared, she took her daughter home, and sure enough, the little girl calmed down as soon as they left. The creepiest part of the story happened a few months later, as my boss was cleaning out a especially (laughs) cluttered closet. She pulled out an old photo of her dead husband and her daughter, who was in the room with her at the time, immediately pointed to it. Do you know who this is? My boss asked. The man, her daughter responded. At this point, my boss was on the verge of freaking out, but she forced herself to stay calm and asked more questions. Do you see the man a lot? Yes, her daughter said. Where do you see him? Her daughter shrugged. In the house sometimes. (laughs) Oh, no. No. (laughs) My boss Mm. asked if he was mean, and the daughter said, no, just scary. My boss told her not to be scared that he was friendly, but to come and get her next time she saw him. After that, though, it seemed like her husband's ghost stopped visiting her daughter. She never talked about seeing the man again. These days, my boss's daughter is a well-adjusted, if slightly spooky, 10-year-old. Hope you enjoyed this tale and keep up the great work. Listen, there are lots more sinister ways that that reaction to somebody could have been explained. And to yep. me, a ghost is the most uh, fine of all yep. of them. Yeah, really solid. Sure. This is where you rank seeing a ghost as the best option. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's true. It's, just, it's like seeing grandma after she dies. You know, it's yeah, fine. That's fine. It's okay. Thanks, grandma. Miss you too. I want to go play. It's all good. Guys, I have an email here titled Indian Festivals and Women Possessed by Goddesses from Vedanti. So Mumbai is in the state of Maharashtra, and about a six-hour drive into the mountains is my little village called Kolkewadi. Every year throughout Maharashtra, we celebrate a festival called Gandal, which involves fire rituals, prayers, and dances to appease the goddess Bhavani, an avatar of goddess Durga or Kali. Mm. The music is very rhythmic and almost induces trances in the people participating. This happens in every village, and the hosts are always the family with newlyweds. Hosting it is supposed to be a matter of great honor and a feast for the entire village follows the prayers. This was the background info, and now I'll let you know what happened when my family hosted this festival and feast when I was 12. Ooh, I'm ready for it. My extended family traveled from Mumbai a week prior to prepare for the gondol. It included my grandfather's sons and their families, as well as my grandfather's brother's son, who was the newlywed. Let's call him Bob. (laughs) Okay. On the day of the gondol, all the women were dressed in new saris and the men had new turbans. 
All the men danced to the beats with old-school torches in their hands and women with prayer dishes in their hands. A lot of synchronized steps and fire patterns. My parents were the second oldest couple, so they were dancing as well. Suddenly, Bob's mother seemed to have a shift in posture, Uh almost as if somebody flipped a switch inside her and were suddenly controlling her as a puppet. Oh, no. She threw her prayer plate down and manically started swinging her head in circles. Her eyes turned upward. Her long hair, which was up in a bun, got undone because of all the swinging, and her long hair was now swinging along with her head. I remember her mouth being open, but no noise coming out, and the people around her moved backwards to give her space. There was some red holy powder, which she applied to her forehead messily, and all of this was done in complete sync to the drum beats while she was in the trance. Only the village elders seemed to know what to do, and a few of them followed her. I didn't understand why until another switch in her seemed to be flipped, and she fell down again like a puppet. The men were there to catch her as she fell, and it was almost like she was having a seizure where it was scary, but they knew what to do. They'd lay her down, and when she woke up, everyone prayed to her. I was 12 and scared shitless, needless to say. Mm-hmm. I asked my mom what was happening. They wouldn't let me watch, but I kind of sneaked a look. And it turns out this is what happens when the goddess Bhavani comes to possess the mother of the newlyweds. Wow. It took me a few years to find out that this is a very common phenomenon and happens to many women in villages around Maharashtra. The funny thing is, even though Bob's mom was raised in the village, she settled in Mumbai and hadn't lived there for most of her life. She wasn't even necessarily superstitious. There are theories which say that the deep-rooted belief in this superstition and the fervor of the festival, the trance induced by the drums, all leads to this. Women grow up watching other women, quote, be possessed by the goddess. So when it's their turn in their adulthood and their child gets married, they know exactly what to do. However, this could be men's theories trying to rationalize and maybe even strip women of the power that being possessed by a goddess brings them. So I'm not really sure what to think. Imagine knowing in your heart of hearts that a goddess chose your body to visit and use so she could take part in the dancing and celebrating, only to be told that you were fake or acting or even looking for attention. Fuck those theories, I say. Mm -hmm. The goddess can come down to dance whenever the fuck she wants, even if she just wants to do weird circular hair flips in a sari. That's, I mean, one, love those dance moves. Very cool. And I love the tradition here. It's, it sounds really beautiful and really meaningful. And, you know, beautiful things can be a little scary sometimes for people who aren't familiar with them. But that sounds like a really cool experience. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. Thank you so much for sending it in. Yeah. Well, I've got a story that is titled... 120 pound pupper saves the day. Okay, okay. As long as the dog doesn't die, Eric, this is, sounds like a good story. Yeah, I, it's a great story. Very great. I don't even think there's, I don't, if I remember correctly, there's not even like a twist like the last time where <laughs> I, I got you guys good about the, the dog going over the bridge mm, and getting taken by the devil. Yep, yep. <laughs> but the dog didn't get taken by the devil because the devil didn't want the dog. No, it was fine because the devil's an asshole, so uh, he doesn't like dogs. This comes to us from Cisco, and he writes, Hi, guys. I found your awesome podcast a while ago and have been catching up on the back catalog as a sweet treat to listen to each week. Until current events happened, and now I'm blasting through episodes because of your infectious laughter and fun makes things a little brighter. I wanted to share the creepiest experience I've had in my home. Listen, we've been doing this for four years without fail, just so that you have a chunky back catalog for times like this. That chunky Very chunky. Some quick background on me, I developed a powerful imagination at a young age. I'd wander into the local woods for the day and have amazing adventures. However, my imagination also led to scary things sticking with me for a while. Thanks, best friend's cool mom for laughing her head off at my nightmares from watching The Fog. (laughs) The Fog is scary. That is a a scary scary movie. Yeah. John Carpenter loves to do a scare. But then I discovered the awesome upside. I could now control my bad dreams through lucid dreaming. The first thing manifested in a dream about a horde of vampires attacking my family at home. Suddenly, Buffy, Wonder Woman, and others were kicking some vampire ass. Sounds great. When they were done, we sat around and ate some ice cream. (laughs) Now that's a dream right there. I love that. I love that the dream continued after the threat was neutralized because I feel like in my dreams, either I wake up uh, mid-conflict or it's like I just managed not to die and then I wake up. Mm -hmm. Uh, But hanging out and eating ice cream with Wonder Woman sounds fantastic. Sounds like the dream. 
Fast forward to being a responsible homeowner with a loving husband and four amazing doggos. The youngest, Kendra, is a 120-pound pupper who is a big ball of love, but who also is scared of her own shadow. I love dogs with humid names. Kendra is Me a great too. dog name. <laughs> the best way to go. I'm also, Cisco, gonna need some pictures when mm. you have a minute. Mm. For sure. One night, we were all in bed asleep when I felt an ominous presence. My dreams evaporated and I felt my consciousness slam back into my body. Uh -oh. I was still asleep, but I could both see myself in bed and could also see the open bedroom door through my eyes. Nope. A tall, dark shadow slowly entered my... I'm being distracted. Julia is shaking her head so vigorously <laughs> that I cannot focus on the sentence. I, I also realized that we, we failed to rank the sixth sense of something just being fucking wrong. And I think all yeah. of us probably, right, would put that as number one. That's oh, yeah, scariest to me. For sure. Yeah. A tall, dark shadow slowly entered my room. Dread blossomed into my chest and I felt my face go pale. Blossomed into my chest mm. is such a, such, wow, dang. Yeah. Our listeners are great writers. I love it. I tried to banish the dream, but it wouldn't go away. I told myself to get up and do something. But as the shadow came closer, I realized I couldn't move. I tried to summon my dream protectors, but not only did they not come, I couldn't even feel the presence of my dogs or husband anymore. No. Frustrated and going out of my mind, I felt the shadow lean over me and its cold breath touch my face. Oh, cold breath is bad. Oh, no. Breath should always be hot. Then, <laughs> then things got worse. Uh. Its hand touched my chest and I stopped breathing. Being asthmatic, not breathing triggers Julia's having more physical reactions yeah. to the story that I've ever seen her This have. is what I'm saying. Touch is the worst. <laughs> Being asthmatic, not breathing triggered a primal fear deep in my soul. And had I been awake, I would have been frantically scrambling for my inhaler. Still, I was stuck in my head and silently screaming for the shadow to go the fuck away, even though my mouth and body were still frozen. But then my scared of the wind baby, Kendra, came surging into my dream, barking her full head off at the shadow. Its momentary distraction allowed me to breathe, and in both my dream and the waking world, I screamed out in terror. The shadow disappeared. My husband shook me awake and asked me what had happened. I told him and hugged Kendra, whose head was now resting on my feet. I've never had that dream again or felt such an evil presence in my house since. I've never had sleep paralysis before or since either. We live in New Mexico, so my husband attributes the experience to aliens who were scared off by our dogs. Oh, New Mexico. Whatever the case may be, I make sure one of my doggos is tucked into my side whenever I sleep now. Thanks for being the creepiest and coolest. I think that goes back to what we talked about in the Mothman episode, that the theory that a bunch of the people in the 60s had was that all supernatural occurrences are actually uh, aliens. And I love yeah. that. Love that. Yeah. Big New Mexico energy there. <laughs> well, guys, thank you so much for writing in. We love doing these. We, uh, we love hearing about your uh, vanquishing of creepy experiences. And we especially love your grandparents' stories. So absolutely keep sending those in. Yes, please do. I also, if you have a ghost taste story, I need to hear it. I need to hear yes. all about it. Yeah, please put taste in your in the subject line of your email and we will do a a tasting ghosts roundup. Oh god. <laughs> Sounds so gross. Oh, I love my Which job. I'm much more into it than the sexy religions episode idea. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> and everybody remember, stay creepy. Stay cool. Thanks again to our sponsors at Skillshare.com slash spirits two, you will get two free months of Skillshare premium at betterhelp.com slash spirits. You'll get 10% off your first month and at Miro, M-I-R-O dot com slash spirits. You can sign up for a free account with unlimited team members.